You're listening to The Health Classes You Missed. My name is Monica and I'm a secondary school health teacher with a passion for all things health. Whether you're currently at school or you finished 20 years ago, this podcast will help you understand those topics that may have been skimmed over, considered inappropriate or flat out ignored. So sit up straight, faces forward, let's get into it. In today's episode, I am joined by Demi from Bright Girl Health. Demi is the founder of Bright Girl Health, a passionate women's health educator, author, and high school teacher. With Bright Girl Health, she has presented to thousands of students across Australia, helping them to be in tune with their body and embrace their menstrual cycle. Demi has no filter when it comes to talking about periods and believes that we should never be kept in the dark about our own bodies. She believes that the menstrual cycle does not have to be your enemy. It can be your greatest tool for better health and well-being. I feel so lucky to have had the chance to be able to chat with Demi today. She is doing absolutely amazing work in this field and I can't wait for you guys to listen on and hear from her. So welcome Demi. Thank you so much for coming on and having a chat to me today. I am really, really excited um, for our chat. And I know that, you know, you're a busy bee, so I I really, really appreciate it. Oh, I'm so excited. No, let's talk all things period. It's my favorite thing to do. (laughs) So my first question for you is, I know you're an educator, which is awesome. Absolutely love that. Um, But I want to know, how did you initially start Bright Girl Health and what, how did the idea come about? So yes, like you said, my background is in teaching. I'm an English and visual arts teacher. And so nothing to do with periods at all. But um, when I was getting married to my husband, Justin, back in 2017, um, I'm going to think back because it's a while ago now. Um, <laughs> I was looking into contraception options for myself um, that suited me, that suited my lifestyle, that suited my philosophy of health. And for my own decision personally, I didn't love the idea of taking a daily drug, the pill every single day, um, which had, oh, once I started looking into it, just this long list of side effects. And so I started looking into other options. And as I was looking into options, I read this book. It was called Taking Charge of Your Fertility. I'm not sure if you've ever heard it, but um, highly recommend. It's a great read. And I thought I was jumping in to learn about, you know, when pregnancy is possible, when it's not, and how you can prevent it. Because pregnancy is actually only possible, like, a couple days out of the month. So the rest of the rest of the days, it's not even possible to get pregnant. But anyway, I thought that's what I was going to learn about. Well, I learned about everything to do with my hormones, when they go up, when they go down, how that affects how I feel. I learned about cervical fluid, which we can even talk about later on if you like. Um, but what that cervical fluid that when you look down in your underwear and you're like, oh, what what does that mean? Uh, oh, it's changed from last week. I learned about that and how that keeps us healthy and how that helps pregnancy to happen, how that can help you know when you are in your cycle, when you're ovulating, when you're going to get your period. And 
I kind of, I, was, I felt so empowered with all of this knowledge, but I kind of felt angry as well. I was angry that nobody taught me this as a teenager because this would have been really helpful to know. It would have saved a lot of my friends from maybe thinking that they were pregnant when they weren't or thinking that their period was gone missing when it was just late or thinking that they'd just given birth to an alien when it was only cervical fluid. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so as a teacher, I was like, well, I can teach this in schools to teenagers to help them feel this feeling of empowerment that I had when I learned it as like a 24-year-old. So um, I started Bright Girl Health and we go around to schools and we teach students all the things that as adults we all wish we knew as teens and we only really learn once it's too late, once we're going through a fertility journey or once we're being diagnosed with endometriosis or PCOS or once things Things are going really wrong and we're forced to look into it but if you learn it um, just out of um, enjoyment and to be in tune with your body it actually makes the whole experience of having a period um, actually enjoyable like dare I say and that might sound crazy to some people but there's so many things that we can do to minimize symptoms and enjoy having a period and make it exciting by getting these new period products and so yeah that's what I go into schools and I teach about and I empower girls and my my goal is to take the fear out of having a period so that it can be something that we have a good relationship with rather than a fearful one. Yeah, that is absolutely amazing. And I'm, you know, I'm so envious of the, you know, the young women and girls that you're teaching now, and you're able to go into their school and give them this information because, you know, I think what it's eight or nine is some of the earliest ages that mm. you can get your period, which is so young. And yeah. I mean, up to, you know, whatever age it is, 16, 17 or so. And yep. It's something I know when I was young, you'd go to the bathroom and you'd be like opening your pad like so. Yes. You know I actually have there. a viral TikTok about that. Oh, do you? Oh my gosh, I have to find it. Anyone wants to look at it, my TikTok is just Bright Girl Health, but it's 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 based on that idea of like, you don't want anyone to know. And and who told us that like we have to hide it? Like we absolutely don't have to hide it. We have 450 periods over a lifetime on average, which if you add up all of those times that you're bleeding for, it equals about six years. And that's not the time in between the bleeding. That's just the time that we're bleeding for. So wow. that's six years of our life. So who told us that we have to hide six years of our life and but the fact that we like go into the bathroom and try to really subtly and discreetly open a pad so nobody else hears everyone else in the stalls around us have periods yes, too so no kidding. one cares yeah it's crazy it's like that shame around it that I think is so important to break down and that's going to happen by of course having the conversation and just being open about it which is exactly what you're doing, which is just so fantastic. And even with cervical fluid, like you said, that's something that I just know when I was younger, that was like the biggest shock. I didn't know that was going to happen to me. I didn't know, you know, you don't get taught any of it. And so I, yeah, no. I think it's just so great um, that, you know, there's people like you in the world now that are going around and actually really, really making a, a big impact with this kind of thing. Cause it's, yeah, it's very needed and, um, yes, 
And it's such a fun topic to talk about because it's one of those ones that we all feel like we can't talk about, but we all have questions. Um, And so once we actually break down those walls and make it a comfortable space to talk about it, um, we get answers to these questions. Like what does cervical fluid mean? Why why does it occur? So we'll have to talk about that at some point in the podcast. We'll wedge it in there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So, I mean, now first first thing, I guess, is can you tell me, what do we mean when we're talking about the menstrual cycle and what does that kind of entail? Cool. So our menstrual cycle is the time in between the start of one period bleed and the start of the next. So a lot of people use the word menstrual cycle and period as the same thing, but they're not. So your period is when you're bleeding. It's the four to seven days where you're actually bleeding. But the menstrual cycle is literally every single day. (laughs) Like if you've started your first period and you haven't stopped at menopause yet, so that whole time in between, on any given day, you are at some point in the menstrual cycle. And so some people's menstrual cycles are 28 days long, but that's the average and we're not all clones and we're not all robots. So it's very rare that people actually have a perfect 28-day cycle every single month or every single cycle. And so um, that can vary and that varies based on you, your health, your health history, your hormone balance. Ideally, we want it to be within uh, as close to 28 days as possible. So 25 to 35 days. Um, But uh, outside that, there is always things we can do to bring it back closer to that 28 days. And so throughout that 28-day cycle, menstrual cycle, we actually go through four different distinct phases. So there are four or four different times of that cycle where we feel really different physically, mentally, emotionally. So doesn't doesn't it now make so much sense that like one week we might be able to focus really well either at work or in class. We're really happy. We're full of energy. We're happy to run around and do whatever. But then the next week, we're struggling so hard to focus. We can't get our work done. We're feeling a bit lethargic and we just want to go back to bed before the day has even started. Yeah, <laughs> I know there. I've definitely <laughs> been there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it makes sense that we would feel like that because chemically from phase to phase throughout our cycle, what's happening in our body is completely different. So I can take you through the four phases if you like. Yeah, I think that would be great. Yeah. Now, I wrote a book called The Bright Girl Guide. And um, in The Bright Girl Guide, I actually break these four phases down and I give them animals to represent them because I feel like we feel a lot like those animals. So the first phase is the menstrual phase and that is the sloth phase. And I feel like like it's really appropriately named because sloths, uh, they move slowly. And when we're on our period, we just might feel a little bit more slow, a little sleepier, a little bit more inward focused. And we don't want to be doing as much. We might just want to be resting. And that's a really important part of listening to your body. And if you're not feeling as energetic, then, then listen to it and give it the rest that it needs. And I always say work with these phases instead of against these phases. So instead of feeling upset at your body for feeling a bit more sloth-like, feeling a bit more slower, just embrace it and make that a time where you practice self-care and you watch a bit more Netflix and you feed your body really nourishing foods to help it feel 
great and get back on track. And so we'll get back on track once your period has ended. And so, I mean, some people do have higher amounts of energy in this menstrual phase while they're bleeding, the sloth phase. And if you do have energy, great. You don't have to feel slow and sleepy and lethargic, but if you do, embrace it. So um, once we've finished bleeding, our period is over. Then we go into what I've called the lioness phase. This is also, yeah, lionesses. Um, do you know uh, about lionesses that they do the hunting for the tribes? Oh, I didn't know that. Powerful. Yeah, so it's, yes, exactly powerful. So it's not the male lions, it's the female lions that go do the hunting. So they're athletic and they're boss babes, powerful, <laughs> strong. And that is a bit more what we feel like in this lioness phase. Or we can call it the before ovulation phase because it happens before ovulation. We'll get to ovulation, that's the next phase. Um, or we can call it the follicular phase. That's the, that's the technical name for it. So, but this is our lioness phase. And after our period, our hormones start to rise again. So they were quite low when we were having our period. They start to rise again. So testosterone goes up and even, um, sorry, estrogen goes up and testosterone goes up a little bit. Um, and so we start to feel more energetic. We can even feel more confident as well. Uh, we might start to feel better about ourselves and our body image just because of this little boost that we have with our hormones. And what's happening in our body is our body is getting ready to ovulate. So our brain is talking to our reproductive system, so our ovaries, and it's starting to, to prepare a few eggs for one of them to potentially be released at ovulation time. So ovulation is when an ovary releases an egg. So that's our next phase. So the first phase is the sloth phase. The second phase is the lioness phase. And then the third phase is ovulation. And I've called this the peacock phase. Okay, the peacock yeah. phase. Yeah. Do you know why peacocks spread their feathers? No. So it's actually the male peacock that has all the beautiful feathers, but the male peacock spreads his feathers to attract a female. So it's like mating time. All right. That makes sense. Yes. <laughs> and so ovulation is the time in our cycle where essentially mating is most likely to result in a pregnancy. So if somebody wants to get pregnant, ovulation is the time that sex needs to happen. And so peacocks, mating time, that's why it's called the peacock phase. Yeah. And so this is only a really short phase because once your body has prepared a couple of eggs in that lioness phase, one of them gets selected to ovulate. Um, it's it's sometime hap sometimes happens that maybe two get ovulated, but it's usually just one. And once that egg gets released from the ovary or ovulated, it only lasts 12 to 24 hours before it just breaks down and dies. So that ovulation peacock phase only lasts for about a day or two. And the peacock phase, we might feel similar to the lioness phase. So we still have that confidence and maybe flirtiness like a peacock spreading its feathers. Um, and so, again, it's a phase where we might feel most productive and we might still feel strong and energetic. And so in the lioness phase and the peacock phase, when we're feeling good, I always say take advantage of it. Get a lot of work done if you've got homework, 
or assignments or work assignments or big work projects, get them done in this phase while you're feeling your best because we also have our best memory and concentration in this phase as well. Yeah. So this is one of the reasons why if you learn about your menstrual cycle, you can use it to your advantage and go, okay, well, next week I might not be feeling as good as I do this week in my lioness phase. So let's do the most work possible to lighten my workload for a week where I'm not feeling so great. Yeah, that's amazing. I had no idea about that. So that's that's so good to know. Yeah. So the fourth phase, the very last phase, is the cat phase and I've called it the cat phase because cats sleep for a lot of the day like 18 hours in the day (laughs) and I know that my cat like she would love you and be purring and like rubbing up against you and then you'd go to pat her and she'd just hiss and go get away from me you disgusting human it's like hold on I thought you loved me just like a second ago and now you're hissing at me and I feel like that's really um, a nice picture of like a mood swing yeah. or not feeling so great. And so the cat phase is the after ovulation phase, or it's also called the luteal phase. And it's that phase where we experience PMS symptoms. So PMS is premenstrual syndrome. So we might have symptoms like mood swings, acne, sore boobs or tender boobs, um, a sore back or sore upper legs. Um, we might feel increased um, feelings of anxiety or depression in this phase as well. And so those are all indicative of that, this cat phase. Now, this is why I'm saying uh, if we work with these changes of our cycle instead of against them, we're hopefully going to feel a whole lot better about ourselves. So instead of beating ourselves up for feeling not, not so great, not so productive, not so energetic, we can have grace for ourselves and say, okay, like, there's been big hormonal shifts that have happened inside my body. Like things are changing inside my body. It's okay that I don't feel as good. So what's happening is that estrogen used to be nice and high at ovulation time. And estrogen is supposed to drop off a little bit in this cat phase. And a hormone called progesterone is supposed to take over. Now, if that takeover works nice and smoothly, we shouldn't have very many PMS symptoms at all, like at all. Like PMS symptoms don't have to be there if we've got nice hormone balance. But if our hormones aren't quite balanced, which is is quite um, expected in teenagers as well, and it's okay that our body is still learning to balance its hormones, um, but when they're not um, perfectly in balance, that's when more PMS symptoms can come about. And so be patient with your body, have grace for your body and just tune into it and give it what it needs. Don't force it to um, be super productive or go for a 10 kilometer run if you're feeling more like a cat. Yeah, I love that. I think that's so great. And I love those animal references. It makes so much sense. What a great way to explain it as well. And I, I've just learned so much even from that explanation of like, of course, that would make sense. Do your work in this in the time where you're feeling your best and then give yourself a little break. And I think, you know, it's it's one of those things that I guess COVID changed this a lot too with, you know, our work Mm. hours and the way that we work and things like that. Now we probably have more as women, more of an option to do that now too, which is just fantastic. You know, why wouldn't you take advantage of being able to be your most productive and be able to give yourself a break when you need it? Because 
I think anyone who's had their period before will be able to say, oh my gosh, I totally understand those feelings that you've just talked about because we all, we all get it and we all experience it. And it's, yeah, it's, that's awesome. I love that. I'm, um, I'm yeah. going to put that in, the, in my little memory bank and make sure I take advantage of it too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because it just, it makes you feel less guilty even if you're not being, if you don't feel like your best self. There is a lot of pressure to be your best self and, and be at 100% all the time. Some people might feel that pressure and we don't have to be. There's this cycle of up and down and that's the way it's supposed to be. And so let's work with it and serve against it. Yes, work with your body. Absolutely. So I guess you just touched on a few of those PMS symptoms and things like that. I want to know maybe some strategies to kind of cope with those PMS symptoms and then maybe to just cope with your period in general once you've got it, because I'm assuming those feelings don't just automatically go away Mm. once you start menstruating or get your period. Yeah. So with PMS symptoms, most of them should resolve once your period starts or in the first few days of your period starting. For instance, you might have tender boobs, tender breasts in the lead up to your period. Once your period bleed starts, those tender breasts should subside within the first day or two of of your period starting. Um, And so when it comes to, I guess, dealing with these symptoms, PMS symptoms, acne, soreness, pain, and then period symptoms of feeling lethargic or maybe even period pain or, or heavy periods as well. Really, all of these things come down to our hormone balance. They're all caused usually um, by hormone imbalance. So what we can do long-term is work on supporting our hormones to be as balanced as possible. But then there's also some short-term things we can do as well, because if the pain's there, I mean, you've got to deal with the pain while it's there. So we can talk about some of the more long-term things we can do and the shorter-term things that we can do. So let's look at long-term hormone support strategies. Um, So our hormones are divas and (laughs) little things can knock them out of balance like not getting enough sleep, like not being on a good sleep schedule, um, eating poorly, uh, being really stressed is a big one. Don't underestimate the impact of stress on our menstrual cycle. So if there's been a really stressful time within your family or your friends or maybe at school or work, then that can knock your hormones out of balance as well. And so um, if someone hears, oh, your hormones aren't quite in balance, that's not like a doom and gloom diagnosis of some really serious condition. That's just, okay, your hormones aren't doing so great right now. They need some support. Let's support them to get them back on track. Just like if you fall off a balance beam, you can always get back on. Same thing with hormone balance. So um, there's four foundational things I like to do for long-term hormone support. The first thing is nutrition. So eating really well, and that can look different for each person, Um, but a focus on more focus on whole foods rather than foods that are um, packaged and processed. Um, That can really, really help. Trying to get as many vegetables in your day as possible because vegetables are a magic hormone food. Not only do they have high nutrient contents, but they also have high fiber, which can help hormone elimination. So so that your body doesn't keep and hold on to the hormones it doesn't need. It needs to get rid of those hormones and the fiber from vegetables really helps that along. 
So um, make a goal. How many vegetables can you get in your day? How could you up your vegetable intake? And that goal needs to be realistic for you. Um, but make that goal and that can really help. So the first of those four things for long-term hormone support is nutrition. The second thing is movement. So moving your body, and that doesn't need to look like an intense workout. It could just look like a walk every day. But make sure you're moving your body. Um, that's been proven to help with PMS and period pain. Um, and so just moving your body, you're already on the right track to reduce those period symptoms. Um, the third thing is sleep. And so staying up till 1am on TikTok or YouTube or gaming or whatever it might be, watching TV is not a great thing to do for our hormones. Our body needs good sleep uh, good quality sleep and enough sleep in order to have optimal hormone balance to get rid of PMS and period pain. So go have a good consistent bedtime, even though it sounds like such a boring thing to do, it's going to help hormones in the long run. Yeah. And then the fourth thing is stress management. Um, stress is one of the biggest enemies to our hormones and it can knock them out of balance so easily. So having good support systems, um, having good strategies to cope with stress when it arises, we can't always get away from stress, but being able to do some deep breathing when you're feeling stressed or do some meditation or go for a walk, listen to music, do something that brings you out of that stress state. Because when we're in that stress state of fight or flight, um, our body thinks, okay, this is the most important thing. I need to focus on whatever I'm stressed about. And it deprioritizes your period. So in times of stress, your body's not prioritizing bleeding from your vagina because that's not necessary to survive. And so that gets put on the back shelf. And so our hormones, our period hormones are going to suffer in times of long-term stress. So looking at stress management is one of those four things we can do for long-term hormone support. Now, there are some circumstances where someone might have a hormonal condition or a reproductive condition that can't just be solved with consistent lifestyle changes like I've just talked about. And it is really important to go see a menstrual health specialist to see what might be an underlying cause of these hormone imbalances. So that's a really important part of it too. If you feel like you're doing everything, but your hormone hormones and your periods just won't balance and your symptoms won't go away. Yeah. So those are the long-term things. Do you want to hear no. about the short-term things or did you have any questions based on those things? No, I think that's really great. I think that kind of those complete lifestyle changes are really important. And I guess if people can even just put one or two of them in their day and kind of build upon them as they go, because of course, you know, you think that in itself can be overwhelming thinking, oh my God, I've got to Absolutely. do this. But um, like taking it, taking it day by day, and especially, I mean, maybe like you were talking about in your cycle, when you are feeling really good and really energized, making sure that you are putting in those practices where you can. Um, and of course, you know, we all get our period and want to eat 12 blocks of chocolate, but maybe <laughs> yes. doing that, okay, for our hormones, maybe eat a, you know, a carrot along with, with your chocolate or, you know, make a nice nutritious meal somewhere in there as well. Um, but yeah, actually, you've just 
you've just accidentally given a really good tip. It, carrots oh, are actually, no. raw carrots are actually really good for oh, our hormone no. balance. So eating a raw carrot here <laughs> and there is really good. Um, but yeah, like we don't all have to be perfect 100% of the time. Eat your chocolate on your period if that gives you some joy. But then keep in mind, okay, well, we're not going to go overboard with this and do it every single day. We're going to treat ourselves and then we're going to move on and get back to those healthy practices that support healthy hormones in the long run. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, that's great. And so what is some short term? So short term, you're in pain right now. What do you do? Hot yeah. water bottles or heat packs are great. If you've got a sore back on your period or on the lead up to your period, a heat pack on, on your back can be really, really helpful. Um, lots of rest and sleep. Like if you're starting to feel not so great, like don't push yourself to do big, long days. Um now, that doesn't mean you should stop living your life. We should still be able to live our lives on our period. We shouldn't have to, um, you know, just stay home and do nothing. But if you were thinking of going out on a really big, long run, you could go for a walk instead. So just making those accommodations so you're not pushing yourself too, too far. If you're, if you're getting heavy bleeding using period products that have a higher capacity, your long-term strategies are going to help with the heavy bleeding to make it not so heavy. But at the time, there are lots of products, and we'll talk about them later in the episode, that actually have a higher capacity to absorb blood than what a pad or a regular tampon do. And that can make less bathroom trips and make your life a little bit easier. Um, so that's period pain. Or oh, period pain, you can also drink ginger tea, like a high quality ginger tea. Um, you can even grate the ginger yourself, like from fresh, and that can help with inflammation and help soothe that as well. Um, for period pain, there's also things called TENS machines. Do you know TENS machines? I have seen one from Ovira, I think. Yeah. And they're like yes. on their stomach and it like, it. I don't know, really know what it does. You, you tell me. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it sends little electrical currents to the area that you stick the little pads onto. So there's little sticky pads, you stick them on your tummy and it sends electrical currents that help to block those pain signals or confuse those pain signals. And it kind of feels like you're also getting a little massage there as well. So that I know a lot of people who have really bad period pain that like to use those to, to just relieve it in the moment. It's not going to help long-term, but for that instant relief, it can help. Uh, you can also take painkillers for those in, that instant relief as well. Um, with the TENS machines, some of them are quite expensive, but you can also buy some for cheaper that um, like just off Amazon or whatever. Um, and so that's period pain. Um, we've covered heavy periods. And for those PMS mood swings to help in the moment, again, all of our... Um, all of our long-term strategies could even help in the short term with this. But if you're not feeling great, acknowledge it. If you're feeling a bit moody, a bit sad, a bit anxious, acknowledge that feeling and then figure out what's going to help me in this moment. So do I need to go for a walk? Do I need to talk to a friend? Do I need to listen to some music? Do I need to do something that's purposefully to make me feel better, to make me feel happier and give yourself what it needs or give yourself what you need? Yeah, that's great. And I get a lot from what you're saying is like, make sure that you are actually listening to your body and are feeling quite in tune with yourself. And I guess being in tune with yourself or understanding your body is having the knowledge about these kinds of things. So if you're listening to this, you're on, you're on track, which is fantastic. 
But I know a big one, especially uh, with people who are quite active is when, you know, you get your period and the last thing you want to do is exercise. So I really love that, that point that you made, you know, you don't have to go on a 10k run if you are wanting to be active. There's so many other nice ways you can do that without exerting so much energy that it's going to make you feel worse. So of course, like you said, go for a walk. You know, yoga is is another great one that, yeah. that can be so overlooked as well. Like all oh, that stretching can be so good. Even I found that with um pain as well. Mm. Uh, yeah. So I just I love that that you know it's not about doing everything that you should be able to do normally. It's you know really really make sure you listen to your body and and what you need. Yeah, and ideally you would be able to do everything you would do normally, ideally with perfect hormone balance. Um, and so that's what you would be aiming for. But if you're not in that point, uh, at that point in this time, then that's okay. That's a really great goal to have. Yeah, that's great. Demi has been so generous and has offered the Health Classes You Miss listeners a 10% off discount code on all products from Bright Girl Health. This includes The Bright Girl Guide, a book that makes hormones and the menstrual cycle simple with beautiful pictures. Demi has also created a parent-teen e-course that takes the awkwardness out of that period talk with your teens and facilitates honest and open discussion. And on top of this, you can even get 10% off when you mention the health classes you missed when booking Demi for a school presentation. Use the code HEALTHCLASSES10 at brightgirlhealth.com today. All right. So I think we've talked about a few of um, a bit of PMS and, and the strategies and stuff already. My next question is, could you discuss some of the tips for people for experiencing that period for the first time? Because as a, you know, a woman, a girl, as I once was, yeah. it's so scary, especially if you don't, mm-hmm. I mean, not scary for everyone, I'm sure. But if you don't know kind of what to do or what's going on, I know that that can be a really weird time and um yeah Mm. so if you've got any tips for people for the first time when I first got my period I was at home and luckily I knew what it was I was so happy I was at home um and so I had to tell my mum and I went to her and I was like I have something to tell you and she's like what is it I'm like uh, and I just froze and I couldn't say the words so I wrote it down on a piece of paper and I gave it to her because I couldn't physically say the words um, because I was just embarrassed and overwhelmed and a little bit shocked I didn't expect it to come as soon as it did I think I was 11 almost 12 um, and so the average age to get your first period is between 9 and 16 now if you get it at 8 or 9 great if you get it at 14 15 16 that's great also your body has its own timing um, and you don't have to fit into anybody else's timing. Now, if you're 15, 16, and you don't have other puberty symptoms, like your breasts growing, your hips growing, pubic hair, underarm hair, growing taller, maybe even putting on a little bit of weight. If you don't have those symptoms and you don't have your period at about 15 and 16, that's a good time to go and have a checkup to make sure that everything's okay and nothing's stopping you from going through puberty and getting your period. But if you're 14, 15, 16, and you haven't, uh, sorry, and you have got all those other puberty signs, so your breasts are growing and all those fun puberty things, then that's a good indication that your period is on its way, especially if you've got some um, discharge or cervical fluid in your underwear. It's a good idea that your period's on its way. It's 
it might come in a month, a year, six months, but it, it your body is progressing towards that. If you're 16 and you haven't got it yet, you can go have a checkup, even if you do have those puberty signs, just to make sure everything's okay. But if you have those puberty signs, it's a good sign that your period will come soon. One of my favorite tips for period people who are getting their period for the first time is to know how to use a pad before you ever have to use it so yeah. that your first time with your period is not your first time putting on a pad. Mm-hmm. I didn't do this and luckily I was at home. But for instance, imagine you're sitting in class, you feel like, oh, something's strange. You go to the toilet, you discover you've got your first period ever and you don't know how to use a pad and you don't have any in your bag. That is stressful and it's already stressful having your first period. So let's try and make it not any more stressful. So practice using a pad, taking it out of the plastic, putting it onto your underwear and just wearing it for a second. You can take it off straight away so that when you have to do it for real, you know exactly what you're doing. Keep them in your bag. And then that takes that big stressor away from getting your first period. Yeah, absolutely. That's um, that's so funny. I know so many people would just use the toilet paper trick because they're like, oh, mm-hmm. gosh, I don't have anything. It's also really important to note that uh, even when I was at school, but especially now, schools have pads and tampons and other sanitary products at your school nurse or wherever that is. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you do get your period at school and if you are in that, uh, I guess, circumstance, always, always go and ask. You can just ask a teacher probably as well and they'll be able to help you out and go grab you one or they'll be able to point you in the right direction. So you don't have to go around the whole day with nothing if that's if that's what happens that's that's also yeah. important to know I think some people don't know that which is um yeah that helps really yeah and that's don't cool. be and don't be embarrassed to yeah. ask for them either because honestly the nurses at the school nurse or even the teachers are probably so excited to be able to help you out if you ask for them they're probably they've got this big stash of pads or tampons there and they just want to give them out hoping yeah. that someone will come and ask so never feel embarrassed about it The other thing is that when your period first starts, it could be really heavy or it could be really light and everyone is different and either way it happens is okay. And so we do expect teenage hormones to be a bit more imbalanced and that's just because your brain and your ovaries and your reproductive system need to talk to each other to coordinate releasing hormones and releasing them in the right amounts and releasing them at the right time. And before you've got your first period, they've never had to do that before. So this is a brand new job and your body just needs time to practice. So if your period comes along with a lot of symptoms, pain, maybe it's irregular, maybe you get your first period and you don't get your second period for like three months. So maybe that's one of your symptoms that you're getting. It's okay at the beginning. You want to aim for it to be more regular and less symptoms in the long run. But while your body's learning, it's okay. So give yourself grace and give your body patience and just whatever's happening, you can just, you can deal with it and it does get better with time. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's really good advice. So when we're talking about, I know you just said, you know, a pad is probably the most common thing to use, especially when you first get your period. It's definitely, I would say the most easy thing to use, but now we have a lot of other products available can you talk through some of the the products that are available besides i guess the normal pad and tampon 
Yes, there are so many products. So you've got pads and tampons, but then you've got biodegradable pads and tampons because traditional, yes, a lot of brands of pads and tampons have a plastic inlay in the pad and that plastic is like the plastic from a plastic bag that can take three to 500 years to break down in the environment. So your pad is outliving you. (laughs) So that's crazy. Biodegradable ones that you can get that don't take hundreds of years to break down in the environment. So you'd be looking for organic and biodegradable brands like Tom Organic is a really common one that you can just buy from the supermarket. So beyond that, then there's reusable options. So reusable is quite a new thing to be mainstream but they're not that new people have been using them but just not that many people and they haven't been as easy to get your hands on so there's reusable pads there's reusable underwear and there are menstrual cups so I'll tell you a little bit about each of them and we can start with reusable pads now for everyone listening I have one with me here and it looks really similar to a disposable pad but it's actually made of a few cotton layers and in the absorbent part of the pad there's actually a couple of layers in there and a waterproof layer on the back and that waterproof layer won't let any liquid through so that you don't have leaks so you can't see the waterproof layer but it's in there and then there's a layer that will absorb the period blood as well now usually these reusable pads actually have a higher capacity to absorb more liquid than a regular disposable pad would. So some people think, oh, is that actually going to work? Is it going to leak? I don't know if I can trust it. And so you can actually absorb more blood with some of these than you can a regular pad. So what happens is you wear them, they clip onto your underwear. So regular pads have like a sticky part that they stick to your underwear. These don't have a sticky part. They have like little buttons that you put around your underwear and then you clip it into place. And then the back of it is has like silicone grips on it. This is the henna pad one. And the henna pad ones actually the only ones that have the silicone grips, like on the bottom of baby socks so that they don't slip when you run around. (laughs) (laughs) Such a smart idea. And so that's what's going to help it. mm, That's what's going to help it to stay on your underwear. Then you wear it. You wear it depending on how heavy your flow is. So you might be able to get six hours out of it, eight hours. Or if you've got a heavier flow, you might go less time before you change it you can also get different sizes so the different sizes will be able to absorb more or less blood depending on how large they are you can get really large ones that go all the way up the back of your underwear for overnight as well so depending on how heavy your flow is will determine how long you wear it for and then when you're ready to take it off if you're out and about you put it in a waterproof bag it should come with a waterproof bag so you just fold it up the blood's still in there and that's okay you fold it up it folds up nice and small you put it in the waterproof bag and that waterproof bag you can put back in your backpack or your handbag and that will stop it from leaking anywhere it also doesn't smell Um, and then when you get home you can soak it in water for six hours or overnight and then you just throw it in the wash and what soaking it does is lifts all those Um, blood stains out of it 
And so you, they actually come up looking brand new. There's no blood stains on them um, if you wash them properly. And then you can wear them again. And so you buy your reusable pads and you can get two to five years of use out of it. So in the long run, it may save you money. And it also saves a lot of disposable pads from ending up in landfill, beaches, oceans and all of that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's so great. I um, I hadn't even really heard about them very much until quite recently. So when you say they're new, like I even I hadn't really known that reusable pads were a thing. So that's awesome. Yeah. Had you heard of period underwear though? Yes, I had heard of period underwear. So I have these period underwear with me today and they work in a similar way to reusable pads, but they're of course underwear instead of a pad. So the absorbent section is built into the underwear. So we call this a gusset. It's the gusset of the underwear and that's what you bleed into. And this completely replaces pads and tampons. You don't wear a pad or a tampon with this. You just wear the underwear, which you said before, oh, can I trust that? Yes, I've always been a bit like, oh, I'm not sure about it. But I guess same thing, you know, it's um, you were talking about before that they're like, they're more moisture locking than normal pads and tampons so I should trust it (laughs) yeah so just like the reusable pads they have that waterproof layer that doesn't let liquid out of the bottom of the period underwear so you you you're not going to get it leak through the underwear you also have multiple layers of absorbency within the gusset which means it actually holds this one would hold three to four tampons or pads worth of blood so you can wear it for longer it can absorb more blood and that minimizes your chance of leaking as well so when it comes to period underwear versus pads this is going to absorb more and keep you free from leaks for longer. Now, if you have a really heavy period and you wear these for eight hours straight, you are likely to leak because you need to change them according to your flow. So if you've got a light flow, you might be able to wear these for eight hours before needing to change them and be completely leak free. But if you've got heavier periods, what you do is you just change it more often or you can get a higher absorbency pair. So some pairs of period underwear, the absorbent gusset would come right up the back and cover the whole back of the underwear. And they might also absorb more than four tampons worth of blood in the gusset. And so if you've got a heavier period, that's a great option for you as well. Then when you're done with them, you can just rinse the blood off the surface at the at the sink, just until the water runs clear and throw them straight in the wash. So these ones, you don't have to soak overnight. If you're out and about, same thing all you need to do is throw them in a waterproof bag so you're out you're in the cubicle you take off your used pair you put them in a waterproof bag and you can put that in your backpack or handbag to just wash when you get home and in that same waterproof bag you could have a fresh clean pair to put on when you're changing it so they're actually not that difficult to change um, when you're out and about at all and if you're at home it's very very easy yeah that's so good and I've seen that now you know they've got like the standard I guess, shape or brief of underwear. And then now I've seen they've got like G strings and they've got seamless options and they've got this and that. So even if you're maybe going to an event or you're wearing sportswear or, you know, there's some other reason that you need a different shape of underwear, you actually can get that in a period version now, which is amazing. (laughs) Yes. So this brand is Modi Body and they even have period swimwear. They've got um, tights where like the tights, the athletic tights, 
have a built-in gusset so you don't have to even wear underwear with the tights or a pad or a tampon you just wear the tights um they've got lacy sensual styles they've got boy legs they've got different patterns Modi body are my favorite ones and I also like it because they're available in most countries in the world as well so yeah you can depending on what outfit you're wearing like I, I had a had a friend wearing a tight light yellow skirt the other day and then she told me she was wearing modi body underwear and I was like oh my gosh you cannot see them like they're not chunky either that's actually another frequently asked question people say oh do they just get chunky because pads are bulky and chunky and so compared to a pad they're actually thinner than a pad Mm -hmm. but they're more absorbent and they don't get chunky over time either and so yeah they're just a really good option and all my friends who have tried them have loved them yeah that's amazing I can't believe they have like swimwear and stuff now too that's awesome yeah the swimwear are for like medium or light days rather than heavy days but like how many times when I was a teenager did I just sit out and not go swimming because I had my period seriously and there's so many young girls I know even in my friendship group and in my circle that couldn't use tampons so if you're a bit afraid to use yeah. or you struggle to use a tampon this is such a good option because you otherwise yeah. you, know, you can't really go swimming in a pad like that doesn't really work it's um you know no, that, it's gonna blow up and it get up. really really chunky gets, and then disintegrate yeah <laughs> Which, yeah, that's not what you want either, is it? So, yeah, amazing option for people now, and especially, I guess, younger girls who maybe aren't at the stage of being able to use a tampon or anything yet too, which is, again, one of those things that can be so scary when you first first get your period. Uh, Yes? Yeah, so scary. So another great option for swimming is a period cup. So period cups are great options for a lot of things. And I understand that it's not everyone's cup of tea because it's an internal option. So if you're not... If you don't love tampons because it goes inside, then the cup may not be for you. But if you're someone who is an athletic swimmer or just an athlete, or you want um, more blood absorbing abilities, or you just don't like, you don't love the idea of the blood coming out of your body. I know so many of my friends are like, just keep it in there. And that's why they liked tampons because they didn't have to look at the blood. Period cups are the best. This is my favorite way to manage my period just because I can put it in in the morning and then it has an eight-hour wear time. In different countries, they're allowed to advertise 12. So same product, but in America, they can say you can wear it for 12 hours. Here they say eight hours, and that's just because of the Australian laws. Um, But I can put it in in the morning completely forget about it all day so I can go running I can go swimming I can go to work I can do whatever forget about it and then I take it out at night time and change it at night time so that's why it's my favorite I can wear whatever underwear I want it doesn't leak if you've got it in place properly and it just feels like I don't have my period at all so a lot of people think that's quite large how does that get inside me so what you do is it gets folded up nice and small so that once it's folded the tip of it is only really about as big as a tampon anyway so when you're actually inserting it it is only about the size of a tampon it gets guided into the vagina just like a tampon would you put it on an angle 
diagonally back towards your tailbone because your vagina doesn't just go up and down in your body. It's <laughs> angled backwards. So it's a little bit of a learning curve at first getting used to this and that's completely fine. Most people say it takes them a couple of cycles to feel like they've really mastered this. So it does take patience. Um, but yes, once it's inside on an angle, it you let go of it and it opens up. And if it's fully opened up, it will create a seal to the walls of your vagina. Now, seal sounds a bit aggressive. You don't feel it. But what that seal does is stops it from moving around. And you don't want it to move around because if it does, it may leak. So if it's in the right position, which I could go into, but it would be a really long story. So I've got so many videos on YouTube about how to insert a cup, remove a cup. So if people were interested, um, the channel is called Bright Girl Health and there's a whole menstrual cup playlist with tutorials. Then you can wear it. When you're ready to change it, what you do is it's got a stem on the bottom. Now, a lot of people think this stem is like a tampon string and you pull it. That is absolutely not what you do. If you pull on the stem, it's going to hurt. <laughs> so oh don't pull on the stem. Yeah. yeah. So don't do that. Walk your fingers up the stem so that you can find the base. So the, the stem's there to help you locate it. Yeah. And then you squeeze the base of it. What squeezing that does is break that seal so that then you can easily wiggle it out. Keep it upright so that the contents don't spill out. The contents have never spilled out for me. It just doesn't work that way. You don't really have to worry about that so much unless you completely turn it upside down, which yeah. you'd have to be trying to do that to for that to actually happen. Then what you can do is dump it into the toilet or in the shower, wherever you are when you're doing this. Um, go to the sink, rinse it out so that there's no blood left in. And then you just put it, uh, you can rinse it with some gentle soap and water, and then you just put it right back in. So this one cup is all you need and it can last you years. And so you don't have to be buying period products every month, which is uh, like, this is the cheapest way to manage your period. It's about $45 initially. So it is a larger cost initially, but think about that $45 and you don't have to buy anything else for years. Yeah, that's amazing because period products are just getting more expensive somehow as well. Like you go through one period and you're probably spending, depending on your flow, I know, you know, I need at least a double pack of those tampons and then maybe some pads as well. And that's probably costing about $15, $20 anyway. And it's like, you can't, yeah. it's, yeah, I, that is such a good option. And I had no idea that that was so easy. So I'm probably going to be <laughs> looking up some of your, your YouTube tutorials yeah. as well. Cause that's, yeah, what amazing option. Yep. Very like eco-friendly as well. So you mm -hmm. are not using, you know, a million products that you're just throwing in the bin anyway. We have that option. That's now. it. Let's have one. Just, yeah. yeah, that's it. And there's uh, even tutorials I have about like, how do you do that when you're in a public bathroom? How do you change the cup? So there's, there's easy answers to that. Um, there's easy answers to like, what if I'm leaking? How do I fix that? What if it won't open up? How do I fix that? So yeah, there's lots of learning you can do about a cup. And my best advice is to go and do all that learning before you try it, because that means you're going to be so much more confident when you actually give it a go. Yeah, perfect. So could you please tell us the importance of having a regular period? 
a lot of people think that periods we could just do without them we could shut them off we don't need to have them we actually do need to have a period for optimal health that's what our body is supposed to do and one of the things that our body does when we uh, have a menstrual cycle as opposed to if we didn't have a menstrual cycle so say we shut it off with something like the pill um or our body is just completely out of balance. And so we just don't get our period because it's just gone missing. What our body does when we have a healthy cycle is it creates progesterone. Progesterone is a hormone that is only created once we've ovulated. So inadequate amounts. So we ovulate and then we produce progesterone. Now, if our period's gone missing or we've shut it off with the pill, then we actually don't ovulate, which means that we don't create enough of this awesome hormone called progesterone because what progesterone does is it's it's very protective on our body um, on our heart on our mental health as well so it can help with anxiety and depression it is so important for the balance of all of our other hormones as well and without progesterone we're never going to have optimal health and the only way we can make it is if we ovulate yeah. And so it is really important to have regular ovulation. If we have regular ovulation, we'll have a regular period. So yes. usually if ovulation happens early, we get our period earlier. If ovulation happens later, we get our period later. And if ovulation stops happening, we don't get our period at all usually. Sometimes we can have a bleed, but usually we don't have our period at all if ovulation's gone missing. Our period will go missing as well. And so our period is then almost like this sign from our body of are we in a good place with our health or not? If we are having a nice regular period, it's a bit of a thumbs up from our body saying, yep, I have everything that I need in order to make this period happen. But if we don't have a regular period, it's like a sign from our body saying like, hey, there's something that I need or there's something wrong. And I'm just pointing you towards the fact that something's missing and we can listen to that and address it so we don't have to get upset if our periods gone missing or we're not having regular periods what we can just do is tune in and go okay this is my body trying to tell me that I need to address something and we can connect with a menstrual health practitioner in order to address it not all doctors are specialists in periods so if you go up to your GP they may not know what to do to help you regulate your period and that's okay you just need to find a specialist who does periods all day every day and they can help you have a regular period beautiful that's so great isn't it and I guess yeah I love that idea of you know that's your body actually telling you because I think we look at our period as such a burden for so much of our lives that it's it is actually telling us so much about our health and um yeah we need to be more in tune with it and listen to it a bit more so yeah that's that's so important so I love the focus on empowerment behind Bright Girl Health, in particular, how you say you want students to be friends with their body. You know, periods, as you've talked about before, can make us feel quite bloated, make us feel quite tired or down. Could you talk through some ways in which we can help our self-talk and our body image, I guess all the time, but particularly during this time? I think you nailed it before when you said that it doesn't have to be a burden. And with what I've been saying, when we listen to our period, it's actually so helpful for us. And like people who don't have a period don't get that helpful um, signs pointing towards, oh, something's not quite right. For instance, if you've got a missing period, that's your body telling you, you need 
something, whether it's more sleep, better nutrition, or there's a health condition going on. If you didn't have a period, you might not know that, be able to know that, and then go your life and only find out once it's too late. What I like to say is our period is a little bit like an alarm clock. Now, when my alarm clock goes off in the morning, I that's the worst sound in the world. Yeah. Like, I just want to... Oh, it Turn just it is the worst. Turn it off. And then I snooze it six times and I still don't get up. It's the button on the side now that you can just click. I'm like, I wish I never knew about it's it because so I just easy. keep my eyes shut and click. <laughs> I know it's so easy to do because it's just so annoying. And so I like to say that our period can be a little bit like that. It's It can be annoying as it comes along with all the symptoms. But with alarm clocks, like if my alarm clock didn't go off this morning, I wouldn't be doing this because I'd probably still be asleep, to be honest. (laughs) And so you wouldn't have a podcast episode. And so even though it's annoying, it's really necessary and it's really helpful and we wouldn't be able to live our lives properly without it. And our periods are a little bit the same way. They can be annoying, but they are necessary for optimal health and they can be helpful to point us towards things that are happening in our body. The other thing is we can look at our, our cervical fluid. We can look at our symptoms and see where we are in our cycle and people use that in order to get pregnant people use that in order to avoid pregnancy they use it to figure out how they're going to be feeling what phase are you in the cat phase the lioness phase so that is helpful and so all of these things about your period can actually be so helpful if you actually tune into it so treat it like an alarm clock it's there it is what it is but the the annoying things about it there's always something you can do to minimize those annoying things like we mentioned with nutrition and movement and everything so Hopefully everyone can get to a place where they appreciate their period. It's not such a burden and it's a positive part of their life. It's more about appreciating it and and being like, this is something that I'm going to have to deal with no matter what. How can I use it to my advantage? How can I really be kind to myself because of this? Because, yeah, I think that's kind of this conversation that we're having in the the you know your whole life's work doing this you're stopping it being a shameful thing and if i guess you learn that from the very start when you are that you know 8 to 16 you'll be able to manage it so much better and you'll be able to manage you know just your life so much better month to month and you know maybe not just get put on the pill and then not know anything yeah. about it, which is what's happened to i think so many of of our age group, yeah. we weren't taught. We were just said, here's some contraception that essentially stops it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, yeah, yeah. That's, that's so important what, what you've just said. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we've talked about cervical fluid a few times throughout this episode. We also kind of called that discharge as well somewhere in there. Can you tell me a bit about what that, that means and I guess how it can kind of help determine, I know you said that before as well, what stage you're at in your cycle. Yeah, so cervical fluid is fluid made by our cervix. So the name makes a lot of sense. And our cervix is at the top of the vaginal canal. So it's the lower part of the uterus. So if you were to actually use a finger to feel for it, it would feel a little bit like the tip of your nose. And it creates fluid or mucus throughout the menstrual cycle. So let's call it cervical mucus because that's essentially what it is. And a lot of the times it looks similar to the mucus you might find from your nose as well. So that can hopefully help people to understand a little bit more what it is. And so as our hormones change throughout our menstrual cycle, the fluid or the mucus changes 
consistency and color in response to changing hormones. And so we get this pattern of hormones throughout the menstrual cycle and this pattern of cervical fluid that lines up with it. So usually in your sloth phase, well, you'd be bleeding, so you wouldn't usually be able to see any cervical fluid in your underwear or on toilet paper after wiping. But then in your lioness phase, it usually looks one way, peacock phase, it looks another way, and cat phase, it would look another way again. And so we have this pattern. Usually in the lioness phase, in the lead up to ovulation, it's we might find that it's a bit sticky. It might look like glue, like that glue you use in kindergarten that's like a little bit white but sticky. It could look like that. Um, some people for a few days in the lioness phase may not see any cervical fluid at all. As we get older, some people very rarely see it and that's okay as well. Another way it could look in the lioness phase is creamy, like hand lotion. So you look down at your underwear and you see it and you're like, oh, that's a lot of creamy stuff. What is that? Why is that? And that says it, that is as we start to approach ovulation, it's getting a little bit wetter. Then the closest to ovulation, so the very end of the lioness phase or the peacock phase, which is the ovulation phase, it gets wetter again. And this is my, where we might see it start to look like clear egg white, so clear raw egg white. Uh, another person, um, no, sorry, it was a year seven girl at one of my presentations. I put a drawing up of it on the screen because we look at it because um, we're not ashamed or embarrassed. And she's like, that looks like snot. Oh, <laughs> and it, it does. <laughs> it really does. And that's because it is called mucus. So if you ever get clear, stretchy mucus from your nose, that is really similar to what cervical mucus might look like in your peacock ovulation phase of your menstrual cycle. It's really easy to stretch between two fingers. You don't have to touch it, but if you did, it would stretch easily without breaking. And one of my friends said, oh, it looks like I gave birth to an alien. And a lot of people think, oh my gosh, I have an infection. I need to go to the doctor. And the, because we don't usually talk about these changes and the different ways that it should look and the ways that it's okay to look. So a lot of people freak out and, and go to the doctor every single month thinking that they have an infection. And so all the ways that we've talked about it looking so far is really normal, really healthy and really necessary because this wet, stretchy, clear um, cervical fluid is actually what makes pregnancy possible because without it being wetter, um, sperm can't move throughout the vagina. And so when it's sticky like glue or when it's not there at all, that kind of cervical fluid is going to really stop sperm in their tracks and not allow them to move into the uterus to go and find an egg. And so it's, it's necessary for all of us to exist, which is really cool. Now, after ovulation happens, that stretchy, clear, raw egg white looking mucus should disappear and it might go back to looking sticky or creamy or it might disappear altogether. Everyone's different. And so the pattern of cervical fluid might look different from person to person, but what is the same is it will usually be wetter at ovulation time. And that wetness could also be felt, even if you can't see it with your eyes, you might just feel a little bit wetter down there, like maybe like you peed your pants a little bit, you didn't. <laughs> and so that wetness um, of cervical fluid could also be felt. Now, the last thing I want to say is, so what is discharge? Yeah, so discharge is a bit of an umbrella term. It encompasses a few different things that could come out of the vagina. Cervical fluid is included in that, but something else we could call discharge is 
pregnancy discharge, we could call menstrual blood a discharge, and infection discharge is also discharge. So that is why discharge and cervical mucus are not quite the same thing. Cervical yeah. mucus is a type of discharge. So infection discharge could look yellowish, greenish, or grayish. It usually comes along with a smell, like a bad odor. Healthy cervical mucus shouldn't smell bad or foul. It can also start to look like cottage cheese when it's infection discharge. And so if anyone has infection discharge, um, they can go see their doctor, make sure that they're okay, address the infection if needed. But if it's the normal healthy pattern of cervical fluid, that is a good sign that your body is healthy. Oh, that's great. And that, that's so important because that's one of those things that you do not learn. And it is such a massive part of, I guess, going through puberty when you are young. That's one of those things that starts happening. And like you said, you know, your friend thought there was an alien and or you think you've got an infection or something. And so this very simple thing, not only cervical mucus, but talking about discharge in general can also tell you about your health because it'll tell you if you've got an infection and then you can look for those signs if you actually do and go to the doctor. And, you know, that's just all a part of having that health literacy around particularly your vaginal health and, you know, your period health and, and whatever else. So that's so important. I think that part in particular, a lot of people are going to learn a lot of things yeah. there because it's, it's never talked about ever. And I love how, yeah. you know, no shame, no embarrassment you are about it because it it's normal and everyone experiences it. And it's the same as a period, you know, it's normal and we shouldn't be afraid to talk about it or discuss it or be open about it. And yeah, I just, I absolutely love what you're doing. And I think it's, it's so helpful and it's so needed. I guess my last little bit is where can my listeners find you? I know you've got YouTube, you've got Instagram, you've got TikTok. So where, where can we find yeah. you? Okay, so a little summary of my socials. So all of Instagram, TikTok, Facebook is all Bright Girl Health. So at Bright Girl Health, we learn lots on all of those channels. Um, and then the YouTube is also Bright Girl Health. Um, so you could search for Bright Girl Health or it's youtube.com slash Bright Girl Health. And then the website, which is mainly for teachers and parents to learn about our school presentations, which we do Australia-wide, is www.brightgirlhealth.com. Um, so you can learn about our presentations there. There's resources for parents. There's a lot of resources for parents. And there's also lots of discounts for parents there as well. So for period underwear, reusable pads, menstrual cups if you're a student or just a person interested in learning more about their menstrual health you can always find discounts in my instagram bio for products and then um, also on my website are my books so i have a paperback book and an ebook they're the same book just different version and a parent teen e-course if you want to learn about periods with your child um, and you also get a free pair of period underwear with that which is really cool that's awesome i love that that um i did you know of course went on your website and had a look around and there is so much information on there it's awesome so if you are i would say anyone not even just a parent or a teacher head on there and have a look because it's fantastic i just want to say thank you so much for coming on and talking to me today i've absolutely loved having this chat with you and i think people are going to learn so much and as i said just you know so appreciative of 
people like you who are going out and, and doing this every day and, and giving people this information, particularly young women and girls. Thank you so much for having me. This is obviously my favorite topic to talk about and it's been really, really fun. Um, so thank you. That is all for today's episode. I hope you all learned so much today and feel more informed about the menstrual cycle. Find Demi on all social media platforms at Bright Girl Health. The links will also be in the bio of this episode. Enjoy your week and I'll be back in your ears very soon. See you later.